Robert Sapp here. Tonight we're going to look at the prodigal son from Luke chapter 15, starting with verse 11. This is Jesus Christ speaking himself. And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land and began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to, and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now you may wonder why we were studying just those scriptures, because it goes on into a little bit more detail, or it goes into a little bit further down. That the older son, he he got mad because the father was, was making merry and feeding his youngest son. But we're just talking about the prodigal son tonight. We'll talk about the elder brother and his jealousy later. We've all been there. One time or another, we have all been a prodigal son or daughter. Maybe not to our earthly mom and dad, but to our heavenly father. Because, hey guys, I don't know anybody that was born a Christian. We all have to come by the way of the cross. And when we come to the way of the cross, a lot of times he has to break us. Well, I've never seen it not happen, okay? Maybe you have. I don't know. But I've never seen a time when anyone came to the cross that wasn't broken, that had not realized that he had sinned and was no longer worthy, but just was asking for forgiveness. Sound familiar? I mean, this is the exact same thing that we're studying, reading about in Luke chapter 15. The, the youngest son took the money. And there's an old secular song that said, took the money and ran. But he took off with his inheritance. And he spent it foolishly. Every one of us is given a talent. Every person on earth has been given a talent. Some waste it. Some do what they're supposed to do. But every one of us, I don't care who you are, you have a talent. Now, don't get caught up on this whole thing about, oh, my talent, I, I can't sing, or I can't draw, or I can't. We can spend all night talking about the I can'ts. 
But I know that every one of us is good for at least one thing. But we squander it. We squander our talents. We squander our blessings. You woke up this morning, or you couldn't be listening to this broadcast, this podcast here. You're breathing. In the old days, we would say that, you know, you fogged a mirror. Meant that you had breath. But are we doing something with the breath that God gave us? Or are we wasting it? What is an earth, earth man, a human man or woman, what are their, or what is their inheritance? Some of uh, humans, their moms or dads are wealthy, they've got big fine houses, cars, and they leave that to their children or someone when they pass away. But that's not the inheritance that I'm talking about. We are all destined for either heaven or hell. God wants us to come to heaven. Hell was never designed for a human. It was designed for Satan and the fallen angels. Our inheritance is heaven, is God's grace, is God's love, is God's mercy. That is our inheritance. Are we blowing it? Are we squandering it? Are we wasting it away? Are we spending it foolishly? Well, how can you spend heaven? You, it's not a, a monetary thing. No, but it's much greater than monetary. Well, we can't spend God's grace, but we can frustrate it. We, can't, we cannot spend God's love, but we can turn our back on it. God said he'd never leave us or forsake us, but he didn't say that we wouldn't leave him or we wouldn't forsake him. In Revelation chapter 22, it says that if you take anything out of the book, your name will be stricken from the Lamb's book of life. If your name is stricken or is removed from the Lamb's book of life, that means that it was in there at one point. If it was in there, then you were going to heaven because he verifies each name in the Lamb's Book of Life as we go through the pearly gates. If it's removed, if it's not written down, then you're not allowed to go into heaven. I know that's startling. I know that's shocking. I know that's controversial. But that's what the Bible says. That's not what Robert says. But that's what the Bible says. You see, as a prodigal son, we turn our back. Just as this man did, this young boy did in Luke, he turned his back on his father and his mom and his brother and his family and his friends and, and the farm and all of that. He turned his back, he took the money, and he ran. But, you know, even if you're a billionaire... And you spend that money foolishly, but you have nothing coming in, 
eventually you can go bankrupt. Now, if you're a billionaire, it would take a while for you to be able to go bankrupt. And I'm talking about you got a lot of money in your hand. You're not accruing any interest on it whatsoever. There's no money coming in. You're just living off of this. And you spend it foolishly, you can go broke. That's what this young man did. He had nothing coming in, and he spent what he had. And then he had to hire himself out to feed the pigs, the swine. And he was willing to eat the pig food just to have a little nourishment. God has multiple blessings for us. And he says, little children, you have not because you ask not. Now, don't take that the wrong way and say, oh my gosh, I can ask for a Mercedes Benz. I can ask for, a, ask for a mansion on a hill. No, that's not what that means. You can ask God for the peace that passes to all understanding. You can ask God for your eyes of understanding to be opened. You can ask God for your ears of understanding to be opened. You can ask God for love, for mercy, for peace, for forgiveness. It's up to you. It's up to me. And if I don't, and thank God I did, but if I don't, that's spending my inheritance foolishly. I'm squandering my inheritance. Because you see, God put breath of life in me. And my soul is that breath of life. Now there are some cultures in this world, and a lot of them are in the mountains, that believes the last breath that you breathe is your soul escaping from your body. And if that soul or that breath is captured, then your soul can never make it to heaven. Well, that's not the way it works, guys. But the breath of life is our soul. And when we squander that, when we do not ask for forgiveness for this body of flesh, then our soul does not get to go back where it longs to go back for. You know... I can tell you that if you're not a Christian, or even if you are a Christian, there is something way down deep inside of you that, that's empty, that's a void even for a non-Christian, but it's a, it's a drawing for a Christian. It's a, oh, I want to get closer. I, I've, got to, I've got a desire to do more. That's your soul desiring to have a relationship, either a relationship or a closer relationship with God. And when you squander it, when you do not ask for forgiveness, when you do not go to Jesus and say, Lord, forgive me for my sins, you are squandering your inheritance, your soul cannot make it to heaven. And while you're here on this earth in this deplorable state, and yes, we are deplorable state, if we do not have Christ in our life, we'll do anything to fill that void. Just as this young man was willing to eat the pig food, we are willing to, another secular song used to say, looking for love in all the wrong places. We'll try to fill that void with, with drugs or alcohol or pornography or work. 
Oh, well, now, work's a good thing, isn't it? So how is that a bad thing? When you become a workaholic and at the expense of your life and at the expense of your family, then work has become your God. And the reason why you're working is you're trying to fill a void. There's an emptiness. There's a longing inside of you that's just yearning for something. Well, that's something that you're yearning for is Jesus Christ and the Heavenly Father. And one day, and I pray sooner than later, you'll come to the realization just as this young man did. That realization is that, you know, in my father's house, there's many servants and they eat better than I do. Jesus said, in my father's house, there's many mansions, but yet I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come and get you and take you to that place. So this young man, he, he's looking at the pig food, and he's like, you know, this is stupid. My father's servants eats better than this. I'll just go back to my dad, and I'll tell him that I no longer want to be his son because I'm no longer worthy of being his son, and I will eat as a servant just so I can have something to eat, just so I can have some place to lay my head down. So he starts on the journey home. Now, he doesn't know what's waiting for him. He doesn't know if his father has for, forgotten him or what. But we understand something from this, and it's, it's a beautiful part. And sometimes we, we hear sermons about it, and sometimes we don't. The, the Scripture says the father saw him from afar off. Apparently, the dad was standing at the door or the window and they, he was looking up the road like he had every day prior to it. He is looking for his son. Oh, if my son would just come home. If my son would just come home. And from afar off, the father sees his son. And he did something that was totally unheard of in that culture of the day. He hiked up his robe and he ran. He ran as fast as he could. Not because he was mad, but because he was in love with his son. And he was so happy that his son had finally come home. And he ran and he fell on his son and he loved on him and he kissed his neck, the Bible says. When we turn to the Heavenly Father, when we go and say, Lord, forgive us, the angels, the Bible tells us, the angels rejoice because another sinner has come home. God the Father is standing at the portals of heaven and He's waiting on you. And when He sees you coming, He will draw near to you. Now, there's an old saying. It's not really biblical. It's not a Bible quote. We like to think it is. But if, I'll, if you take one step to God, then God will take two steps. That's really not word for word in the Bible anywhere. But what it is referring to is that he will meet us. He will draw us to him. Now, here we are 
back at the father, back at the at the prodigal son. He's come home. Dad's loving on him, and the son choked up with tears. Dad's choked up with tears, and the son says, I'm not worthy to be your son no more. Just let me be a servant. <laughs> and the father probably, I can imagine what that would look like. I'm a father of two children, and I'm grandfather of seven. And I can just imagine that that dad kind of pushes back, and he looks at that little boy that young man, but he sees him as a little boy. And he goes, yeah, right. You will always be my son. Guys, no matter what we do in this world, no matter where we go, no matter how far down that road we travel, we're always going to be God's children. And he's longing for the day that we come home. We are the prodigal son in the story. We are the prodigal daughter in the story. God is longing for us. I hope that you've not lived under a rock the last six to nine months. Because this world has went crazy. We're seeing things happen in the world right now that we never probably thought we'd see happen in this world. It's time to turn to God and say, I am no longer worthy to be your son. Forgive me. I am, no wor I am not worthy to be your daughter, but forgive me. And when we say that truly and we mean it, God will laugh at us and go, Come on home, child. Supper's waiting. He goes in and he tells his servants to get the best robe and fill the, to kill the fatted calf. Now, when I was 21, well, right before I became 21 years of age, I moved away from my home in the mountains of Tennessee. And I moved to North Carolina. I left my family. I left everything. But not because I was running from my father and my dad had given me my inheritance. I had gotten a really good job offer. And I moved to North Carolina to accept that job offer. But you know, every time I went home, Dinner was ready. Supper was waiting. No matter how many times I went back to the mountains of Tennessee and my mom and my dad was there, supper was always waiting. There was always something to eat. There was always some place to lay my head. And then one day I brought home a young lady and I explained to my parents that she was to be my wife. And when she would go, Supper was waiting. Guys, that's a perfect picture of what's going on in heaven. We can travel. We can move away. We can leave. We can leave on good terms, and that's what I did. I left on really good terms. But we can leave on bad terms, but if we will just turn around and go home, God will welcome us with open arms, and he'll look at us and say, Supper's waiting. The prodigal got the best robe he got to sit down at the table as the son again that's what God's wanting for us to come home so we can sit at the table as a child of the king our heavenly father lord we thank you for this day lord we thank you for your many blessings lord we ask that you'll move and that you'll touch that everyone that hears 
this podcast, Lord, whether it's now or in the future, that they will be touched, that they will be moved, that they will hear, Lord, the love that you have for us, that no matter how far we stray, no matter where we go, no matter what we've done, there's always going to be room at the table. All we have to do is come home, ask for forgiveness, and supper will be ready. Lord, I ask that you'll move, that you'll touch, Lord, that those family members that are estranged will no longer be estranged. Those family members that are mad at each other will no longer be mad. And Lord, I ask this right now, that Lord, no matter who, no matter where, no matter when, that Lord, that they come to you and they say, Lord, forgive me. You will, as I know you will, forgive their, of them sins. And Lord, that you will accept them with open arms and another child comes home and the angels rejoice. In Jesus' sweet name, amen. Guys, love you. Take care of one another. Be good to one another and pray for one another. If you get a blessing out of these podcasts, uh, my email is on there. Please let me know. It, it's not about me. It's about spreading the gospel. I enjoy looking to see where all the podcasts are going. Uh, I enjoy that. But it would be nice to hear from some of you guys and ladies if uh, you're getting a blessing out of it. Take care. Until the next time, have a nice evening.